Hi, and welcome to another SSI True Crime Podcast with me, Hazel. Today's episode is episode four, and I'm going to be talking to you about Brenda Spencer, or the case that's known as I Don't Like Mondays. Brenda Spencer was born on the 3rd of April, 1962. She lived in San, San Carlos neighborhood of San Diego, California. This all took place when she was 16 years old. At this point, she was living in a house opposite Grover Cleveland Elementary School with her father. She was 5 foot 2 and had bright red hair. She also wore glasses and, yeah, she was just sort of considered looking a little bit different or odd. But really, I've looked at photos of her. She doesn't look that odd to me. If you asked her how she would describe herself, even now she describes herself as gay from birth, which makes sense. Really, most gay people or members of the LGBT community would consider being gay from birth. Like they just, you just know, you know, it's not something you decide at a later date. So her parents had separated, and her and her father lived in pretty much poverty. They shared one bedroom, um, but a lot of sources actually stated that this wasn't just sharing a bedroom, that they would actually only share a single mattress on the floor, and that was how they lived, just her and him on a mattress on the floor. Um, Her father was also considered an alcoholic, and the house would be covered in like empty beer cans, bottles you know that sort of stuff so Brenda was attending school but she wasn't interested in school at all um she was known as a good photographer and she had actually won first prize in the humane society competition one of her teachers would often question if she was even awake in class because she, she just wouldn't pay attention it would look like she was asleep um Later, after the incident occurred, uh, tests actually showed that she had an injury to the temporal lobe of her brain, which was put down to a bicycle accident that she'd had as a child. And this would have affected her learning and would be why school just didn't interest her because it would have been too hard. I'll talk more about the head injury afterwards. I'm just going to carry on with the case and we'll get into that sort of thing afterwards. So in early 1978, Brenda was attending a facility for problem students due to truancy from her normal school. But the staff at the facility had said that Brenda appeared to be really depressed, like suicidal, and that she just wasn't in a good place while she was there. Brenda was known for hunting birds in the local neighbourhood, and she'd actually been arrested for shooting a BB gun at the Grover um, Cleveland Elementary School because it was opposite her house it just seemed a good target to her and she was also arrested for burglary in December 1978 her probation officer arranged a psychiatric exam exam for her but this this just found that she was severely depressed which the school had already said Um, but the psychiatric suggested that maybe if she went into a mental hospital 
Um, they could treat her depression and she'd be better. But her father refused this, said, no, she's not going. She's staying with me. End of the story. So for, for Christmas that year, so Christmas 1978, Brenda asked her father for a radio. Well, this is what she stated. that She asked for a radio, but instead he got her a Rugger 1022 semi-automatic 22 caliber rifle with a telescopic lens and 500 rounds of ammunition. I am terribly sorry if I pronounced any of that wrong. When Brenda was later asked why her father would buy her that, she stated, I think he wanted me to kill myself. Her father later said that he actually bought it for her because she loved target practice, and other family members actually backed this up and said she bugged him to buy her the gun, that that was the gun she wanted, and he gave in to her. Her mother even said that she questioned the gift choice, but there wasn't a lot she could do because Brenda lived with her father. She wasn't happy that Brenda owned a gun, but Brenda had also told her it was the gift I wanted. So a week before the shooting, Brenda told fellow students, on Monday I'm going to do something big. I'm going to be on TV. So now we we're at the day of the incident. So Monday, January 29th, 1979. This morning, Brenda skipped school, and she stayed at home. Her father went to work as normal, leaving her home alone. At 8.30am, she loaded up her new rifle, and the children at Grover Cleveland Elementary School were just arriving and were queuing up to start their day. She aimed her rifle out of the window and towards the schoolyard. She started off, she shot nine-year-old Monica Slavig. Slavig, I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, I'm not sure how that's pronounced. And she was shot in the wrist. Luckily, the bullet missed the bone and didn't cause any major damage. Uh, I believe she was left with a scar, though. So Principal Rag, who was 53 years old, ran out to the group of children when he heard the gunshots and obviously he panicked and wanted to get the children to safety. But as he ran out, he was shot in the chest and sadly died. He was actually shot in the heart and basically, like, even if he had got medical treatment within seconds, he was still going to die. Is It's near enough impossible to survive that kind of wound. So the school janitor, or the, I think America called it a custodian or something, um, who was a World War Two veteran, Michael Sucher, Sucher, I'm, again, I'm not sure with the last name pronunciation, he was 56, and he rushed to the aid of Mr. Rag, but he, he was also shot, and sadly, he died, he had, he had actually never been injured during the war, but he died in the schoolyard, that really just shows you how shocking this case is, that, you know, he was in World War Two, yet he died as a janitor. So Cam Miller, who was nine years old, was wearing a blue coat and walking into school with his friends. When he was shot in the back, the bullet went straight through him, literally just missing his heart, 
It just went in his back and straight out of his chest. Luckily, he survived. He has um, been scarred. He has scars on his back and his chest. Um, and he believes that it was his, actually his blue coat that was the reason he was shot. Um, blue is Brenda's favourite colour. So it is believed that she shot at the colours she liked. And because he stood out with this bright blue, like bomber jacket vesty kind of coat on and that's why she chose him but like i said he did survive but it's terrible nine years old to be shot you know that must have really not just physically but mentally scarred him so chrissy buell bell who was also nine along with three other students were shot in the abdomen if you don't know what an abdomen is, it's like your stomach. They all survived. Robert Robb, 28, a police officer on the scene, was shot in the neck. And it actually um, like skimmed the... Oh, I can't think of the name of it. I didn't write it in my notes. The, the main vein in your neck. Um, but luckily, again, he survived. And the death toll actually would have been higher, but the police moved a garbage truck in front of Brenda's house to block her view and meant she couldn't shoot anymore because there was nothing to shoot at. So Gus Stevens, who was a reporter for the San Diego Evening Tribune, was ringing the houses in the neighbourhood to try and find out information about the shooter. He rang the Spencer household. Obviously at this point, he didn't know who was shooting. Brenda answered the phone. She told Gus that the shooter was a 16-year-old girl and gave him the address. This was the point when he realised that actually he was on the phone with the shooter, that she was talking about herself, and he told a colleague to ring the police while he spoke to her. During the interview is when the famous words were said. Gus asked her why she was doing this, and she replied, I don't like Mondays. This livens up the day. She also said that she had shot a pig, meaning a police officer, which was obviously Robert, and that she wanted to shoot more. She also claimed that she would come out shooting. Brenda remained barricaded in the house for six and a half hours, talking to negotiators and news reporters on the phone. Um, but she did eventually surrender, obviously after six and a half hours. She came out, she put her gun on the ground and surrendered herself to police. But although Brenda was only 16, Brenda would be tried as an adult. She pleaded guilty to two counts of murder and assault with a deadly weapon. Because she pleaded guilty, she gave up her right to a trial with a jury. So, which means we didn't, we don't get her side of the story. She... She lost that chance to give her side and tell us why she did what she did. Which left the bizarre statement of, I don't like Mondays, was that's the only reason we had for a long time as to why she did it, that she just didn't like Mondays. She was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison at California Institution for Women in Chino, California. So Brenda could apply for parole. The first chance for parole was in 1993 and in the hearing 
she said that she never planned to kill anyone. She was trying to attract the police to her house because she wanted to kill herself. And her chosen method was suicide by police. She was not granted parole. So if you don't know what suicide by police means, it means you're such a danger to the community that the police shoot you. And they don't shoot to wound, the police shoot to kill. Because you're that much of a danger. So she is saying that she thought shooting at children, shooting at the police officers, shooting at teachers, um, but aiming to miss would cause the police to kill her. But actually, this is false because her accuracy was over 30%, which is actually surprisingly high and means she was a really good shot. So if she was planning on missing, she would have missed. Simple as, she would have missed. So she had another parole hearing in 2001, and this was the first time that she mentioned she was abused as a child. She said that she received both physical and sexual abuse from her father. She said that he would hit her and kick her. She also said that he almost raped her. When asked what she meant by almost raped, she said, I suppose you could call it sodomised me. I'm not going to explain what sodomised means. I had to Google it myself. If you want to know, Google it. Simple as, I'm not going to say on here. Just Google it. Her father's always denied these claims, but her mother said that she had suspicions there was abuse occurring. Brenda also said that she felt responsible for every school shooting since that day in 1979. She said, what if they got the idea from what I did? Again, she was not granted parole. So she went back to prison and she had further hearings. But in 2005, it was brought to light that in prison, she had burned or scratched. I think it was kind of a mixture. I believe she sort of like heated up a needle or something and scratched the words courage and pride into the skin on her chest. But during a hearing, she would actually claim that the message instead said unforgiven and alone in ruins, a form of writing used um, before the Latin alphabet. So really old sort of language. So it's really hard to determine whether it means courage and pride or unforgiven and alone. She also claimed that she had a brain injury and that this was caused by her father kicking her in the head. She claims that he had forced her to say that she was injured herself while on her bike. Brenda said that she's needed medication to control the symptoms of this head injury. Her sister, mother and father all still claim that the head injury was caused by her coming off her bike and banging her head on a metal pole. And that she actually had no memory of this because when she awoke the next day after being unconscious, she asked them why her head hurts. This isn't really part of the case, but actually many killers or serial killers or whatever actually have a history of head injury. And it's really interesting if you go back, um, I, the one I can think of is Fred West. He had a head injury as a child and later on ended up killing. I don't know if it's related to them killing or whether it's just a coincidence. It's definitely interesting though. So in 2009, she had another hearing, but again, she was denied parole. And she will be having another parole hearing this year, 2019. Um, I couldn't find the date for this. There's been a lot of talk about it 
like in February and April. But actually, no, there's no outcome to it yet. So I don't know. I'm assuming it will probably be later on in the year. If I find out, I'll definitely keep you updated. Check out our Facebook group, SSI True Crime. I'll keep you updated if I hear anything. Because it is actually believed that she may be granted parole this time. So, a plaque and a flagpole were erected at Cleveland Elementary in memory of the shooting victims. The school was closed in 1983, along with dozens of other schools around the city due to declined enrolment. But I actually heard that the school is still used, but it's now a private school, and I think it has a different name. Um, and interestingly enough, Brenda's father still actually lives in the house where the shooting took place. So that's interesting. Why would you want to stay there? I don't... I don't think I'll ever understand why he decided to stay there. Why he still continues to stay there. With the school opposite and knowing what his daughter did because he bought her a gun. Anyway. Um, yeah, just one last... Oh, actually no. Yeah, one last interesting fact. Brenda was the inspiration for a song by the Irish group The Boomtown Rats. I don't like Mondays. I actually have listened to this song so much while researching this and actually have grown to really like the song. I think it was done in a really tasteful way. The song was written by Bob Geldof, the lead singer of Boomtown Rats. He said, I was doing a radio interview in Atlanta with Johnny Fingers and there was a tele telex, telex, I don't know what that means, machine beside him. I'm assuming it's where the news light comes through. I read it as it come out. Not liking Mondays as a reason for doing someone, somebody in is a bit strange. I was thinking about it on the way back to the hotel. I just said, silicone, silicone chip inside her head has switched to overdrive. Overload, sorry, not overdrive. I wrote that down and the journalist interviewed her said, tell me why. It was such a senseless act. It was the perfect senseless act, and this was the perfect senseless reason for doing it. So perhaps I wrote the perfect senseless song to illustrate it. It wasn't an attempt to exploit tragedy. And I, I understand that. I don't think he was trying to exploit tragedy. Um, sometimes when you hear stuff on the news, it does make you think, and I think that's what he wanted. He was trying to make people think, make people realise that this really did happen. And it didn't make any sense, but it happened and people got hurt and he was... I don't think he was trying to exploit it. I think he was trying to get people thinking, which I think good music should. So Brenda's family actually tried to stop the song being released in the US, but failed. The song was number one single in the UK, singles chart, for four weeks during the summer of 1979 and ranks as the sixth biggest hit of the UK in the 1979. Despite reaching number one in the United Kingdom, it actually only reached number 73 in the US Billboard Hot 100. Bob Geldof later said he regretted writing the song because he made Brenda Spencer famous. And that's the end of today's case. So, thank you for listening. Um... 
Don't forget to join our Facebook page, SSI True Crime. Also, our other page is um, Surrey Supernatural Investigations. If you're into the paranormal, check that out. So, yeah, that's it. That's all I've got to say. If you're listening to this on YouTube, like, subscribe, turn the bell on, you know, all that. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, then go check out my YouTube channel. There's other history stuff on there. And, yeah, that's all I've got to say. So, thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Bye.